From WNAT in New York, hi, I'm Tom Stewart, and welcome to WNAT Up Next, where we take you behind the scenes for a look at what's happening in the world of public media and help you get to know the people who make things happen. Today, a conversation with Sandra Shepard, who's WNET's executive producer and director of our Kids Media and Education Department. And Sandra's been very productive in this challenging time, expanding the role of educational and children's programming for all the platforms of what we now call the WNET Group. Sandra, welcome back to WNET Up Next. Hi, Tom. Nice to be here. You know, Sandra, our president, Neil Shapiro, shared with us some of the news about what you and your colleagues have been doing. So we'd like to hear more from you. Take us back to March when the realization occurred that all of us were really entering into an unknown world. In March, things happened very, very quickly. And we started to immediately reach out when we had a sense that schools were going to shut down. We started to talk to colleagues, teachers, folks uh, at the Department of Education. And what we realized is that even though remote learning <laughs> was gonna become a reality for kids, certainly through the end of this school year, and who knows what's gonna happen in the fall, we really had an opportunity to play a role in using our platforms to serve them. You know, one of the things that we learned is that there are a lot of kids out there either who don't have an internet connection at home or who are sharing a device with a lot of other family members. And so their learning was, was going to be jeopardized in some ways. And although I think the schools tried very hard to get equipment out there as soon as possible, almost everybody has broadcast. So we worked very quickly to get programming on the air and our digital content online that could serve these kids. And I'd, I'd be happy to share with you some highlights from, oh, from our different absolutely. initiatives. Absolutely. Would love to hear about it. Let me start in the state of New Jersey because the New Jersey Department of Education and the New Jersey Education Association moved incredibly quickly to reach out to NJTV and asked what could we do. And we decided that we would basically clear four hours on our broadcast channel to invite teachers from across the state to deliver lessons on air. And so every day from nine to one, we have amazing teachers in grades three to six deliver math, social studies, music, language arts, science lessons, directly into kids' homes. And I just have to give a, a shout out to the teachers because this is a volunteer effort. They all have jobs and family lives that they're juggling. And I think within the first week we announced that we were gonna do this, 200 teachers said, you know, let me be part of this. And Great. ever since then, every week, they've been delivering new content. It's really commendable. And the program is powerful. These teachers are not only masterful teachers, but some of them are great performers. They're entertaining. The lessons are really rich and delightful. Great. Well, you know, it, it takes me back to some of the WNET history that in the early days of what we used to call educational television, much of the broadcast day was made up of a teacher at that time, you know, standing in front of a blackboard doing classes. It's absolutely true. It's very reminiscent, um, kind of bringing direct instruction into the homes. And I think 
what's amazing is teachers are, are used to being in front of 30 kids in a class, but now they're talking to tens of thousands of kids and it's seamless for them. They are, yeah. you know, they adapted very quickly to this new model of teaching on air. Let's hear a clip now from the host of NJTV Learning Live, who actually is the New Jersey Teacher of the Year. And while our current situation is unlike anything we've ever experienced before, we, New Jersey's educators, are going above and beyond to meet the needs of all students. And that's exactly what we've been doing through all our remote learning efforts, including public television. New Jersey is not alone with these broadcasts. For Let's Learn NYC, we've been working with the New York City Department of Education. Interestingly, in New York City, I think the needs are different in every market. And in New York City, we were approached by their Office of Early Childhood, and they were very concerned about the little ones. You mm-hmm. know, they felt that you know, some of the kids in middle and high school might be a bit more adept. They might even have more devices, but the littlest ones to really figure out how to do a Zoom (laughs) meeting with their teacher might get more complicated. And so we're focusing on kids in pre-K through grades two with the New York City Department of Education. And every day we deliver an hour of wonderful segments. It starts with a read aloud. We bring books to kids read by wonderful educators. We have wonderful lessons on science, you know, the science of soap making, all kinds of math, music, history lessons. It's really been a wonderful relationship with the New York City DOE to serve all the kids here in the city. Mm-hmm. That effort will continue through the end of the school year. It's two hours every day. Check it out at 11 a.m. on Channel 13. And again, I just have to give really all the credit to the educators who are providing this enrichment content. It's so valuable for families, I think, who who are struggling during this time. It is, it's not easy to be a parent with a little one at home and a job you're trying to do and trying to be, you know, wear the hat of teacher as well. It's very complicated times for families. It's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. None of us have a crystal ball in any of this. And we're sort of waiting for day-to-day news on what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Are there any plans to continue the instructional television uh, through the summer months? We are excited to continue our efforts this summer with programming. This programming will begin in July, and we're going to cast a delightful camp counselor who will take us through an array of fun playful learning segments that kids can do at home. And we're partnering with some wonderful cultural and educational institutions that are sharing their content and their educators and teaching artists with us to be part of this programming. So we'll cover everything from nature to the performing arts to read alouds with the library and more. We would love to have that crystal ball, but I think it's too soon to tell. So we want to continue to use our platforms to to serve families. So in addition to the broadcast, there's a lot going on with online and uh, you're doing something on TikTok. I just like saying TikTok. <laughs> I just like saying TikTok out loud. That's why I just But nature, a special uh, versions of nature are going on TikTok. 
Yeah, it's a pretty fun platform to learn about. TikTok offers very, very short videos for millions and millions of people across the world. And they invited nature to be part of the platform. So we're developing these wonderful videos, surprising facts about animals that we're going to be delivering daily for the next couple of months. And I think it's just another way for us to super serve our audience with little bites of fun content. So yeah, check out Mm -hmm. Nature on TikTok. And in this area of fake news or not so real news, Hari Srinivasan is doing something focused on children called Take on Fake. Can you tell me about that one? I give Hari a lot of credit because he is very focused on not only super serving folks who tune in on a regular basis to his news programming, but also reaching out to young people. And he cares deeply about giving them tools to discern fact from fiction in the, new, mm-hmm. in the news. And I think it's increasingly important for young people to develop these media literacy skills where they can really decipher, is that propaganda or is that truly fact? And that's what this digital series is doing. And we are creating lots of resources to go with it so it can be used by kids in home settings and eventually in in school settings as well. Sounds good. I see there's some special webinars for the LGBTQ community coming also. Yeah. We've had a, a long relationship with the Department of Education to develop First Person in the Classroom. This is a media series that focuses on LGBTQ either individuals in our nation's past, movements, contemporary folks. And the media series is accompanied by classroom resources and webinars. Everything we offer is always for free. So we welcome engagement with this media collection as well as with these free webinars that are coming up. Tell us a little bit more about the specific profiles that you're doing. We're developing profiles of Walt Whitman, Audrey Lord, Bayard Rustin. And I think one of the important aspects of that project is that we want to contribute to classrooms being as, uh, or learning being as inclusive as possible. And I think it's, it's critically important that we not only add to the history, but we also ensure that kids get to see a reflection of themselves in the curriculum that they're using. So we're really proud of this collection and hope to continue to do more in the coming years. In addition to all of these special projects, you have many continuing projects that are still going strong. For example, could you bring us up to speed on CyberChase and Mission US? CyberChase is probably America's longest running math series for elementary age kids. And we've been really excited in recent seasons to focus on the environment and environmental science as well as math. So this season, we focused on everything from composting to food waste to biomimicry and making them available through stories and learning games that are very kid-friendly. I just want to share a brief story. We've just launched a bunch of new episodes on air and online this spring, and we were thrilled that in our live action segment, Marcus Samuelson, who also cares about kids, did a really fun segment where he and one of our young actors 
created a recipe using locally sourced food and, and uh-huh. talked about the importance of that. So our goal is always to make the math real and relatable or the environmental science real and relatable so kids can do something in their own lives after having watched the programming. And Mission US is our longstanding history gaming series for middle school kids. It's been incredibly popular across the country. And this season, we'll be launching our sixth installment. It's on Japanese internment during World War II. It's a very powerful story and mission. And I I would encourage middle school kids and families and teachers to check it out. You have a very full plate of activities, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, one of the one of the great things about the team is that you know it's a mix of producers and educators who come together and really work hand in hand. And I have to say, during this COVID pandemic, that has been invaluable because we are really leveraging different skill sets, but marrying them in a way that is unique and hopefully serves the needs of our audience. So I'm very grateful to a multi-talented team. I take limited credit for all this work. I have to give it to my my team members. But on a personal note, how are you coping with working from home and corralling the resources from such a, a wide spectrum of sources? I think for everybody working from home is is a bit of a transition and we all had to make it work very quickly. The station has done a great job providing the supports that are needed and really it has been rather seamless. I mean, there certainly will be some projects that get delayed, but I would say we're even more productive. That's not to say that after a long day where you're on uh, Zoom calls or meetings or Teams meetings mm-hmm. for seven hours, it's not you know a bit exhausting. But it is amazing how adaptable folks are. And I think because we are in the media space, we have to be. I mean, we the public is counting on us to get content out there and we're committed to delivering it. So we just are are figuring out a different way to do that and a different way to work together. But I found people really just rise to the challenge. Do you think there's any kind of a silver lining in this situation for what you do and for public media? I think about that question a lot because this is a very, very scary and for many stressful and or devastating time. For our work in education, I think What one could point to as a silver lining is that we are forming both new relationships with departments of education and educators that may not have been there or been there in the same way before. I think what is so important is that we have a shared mission, which is to bring free, high-quality content to the public. And the pandemic has triggered a lot of new partnerships that are getting content out there quickly. That could be a silver lining. I think certainly we'll just have to see what the next year looks like, but being able to deliver direct instruction via our airwaves, as you said, Tom, it's a bit of a throwback to a former time, but we see the value. And so I think we'll continue to think about programming strategies in the future and do we want to continue some of this work regardless to support kids? One thing I would like to say is that this pandemic is going to impact a generation of kids. There's 
incredible talk about the kind of summer slide and will kids be able to make up for this time lost? And so we have to keep that in our minds consistently in the coming months as we plan ahead. How can we help those kids who have been unfortunately negatively impacted with their own academics? That'll stick with us as we plan for the future. Big, big issue, yes. Thank you so much for doing this and being with us today and stay healthy and safe. Sandra Shepard, who's the executive producer and director of Kids Media and Education of WNET. Sandra, is there a website that we could direct folks to to learn more? That would be great. And, and thank you, Tom. And, and you stay safe as well. WNETeducation.org is a wonderful hub to find out about all of the digital and broadcast resources that we're offering. So WNETeducation.org. Thank you again. And we have so many people to thank. Uh, our virtual village of Zoomers, Sandra, of course, Josh Broom, our audio engineer for setting things up. Samantha Lobo, our editor, Dana McBride, our executive producer. A special thanks to John McGowan for giving us audio guidance. And special thanks to Mr. Bob Morris for his uh, quiet and assured support. Thanks to all of you for listening. And remember, WNET Up Next is a presentation of the Design and On-Air Promotion Department of WNET New York. I'm Tom Stewart.